Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at Pigskin Podnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. It is Wednesday, October 19th. I am glad to be back. It's it's been it's been a hot minute since I've been on the mic here with you guys. Uh, Matt is here with me. We're gonna talk a little bit about what exactly is going on in Washington. We will recap what I believe was technically a Monday night football game. Matt will give us his top twelve. Yeah. And then we will talk about the Thursday night football game, which we're hoping will be a decent game. But before we do all that, Matt, how you doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. I've I've almost recovered from uh, the fourth of uh, seven times the Broncos will be an exclusive nationally televised game. Yeah, that was uh, not pretty. So as you know, I've been a little bit under the weather recently, and I did not watch most of the second half of that game. I I have not been feeling well, so I went to sleep, and I heard I didn't miss much. Um, I have not gone back and watched it. I guess I missed like 15 passing yards from Russell Wilson in the entire second half in overtime. Uh, Justin Herbert didn't look much better himself. Like, I guess let's just jump right into that. Well, we're I mean, if you like here, penalties, so you missed out it was on a great penalties. Game. Yeah. Damn it. Those are my favorite kind of football games right there. I think each team had over 100 yards in penalties. Jeez. For Denver, it's nothing new. Uh, Chargers, you know, it was – Still, you know, I found somebody who just likes Melvin Gordon more than me. Um, that apparently is uh, every coach is on the head Broncos. Co- is head coach, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, he, they said they hashed it out and stuff. And I was reading the ESPN article and hacking. Oh, we had a great talk. I love Melvin. He's going to start on Sunday. And they said, we told Melvin that he said he was going to start. And his response was who started Monday. And I was like, damn, but That's I, great, Bob. well, Latavius Murray looked okay. Um, that's they basically all look okay. I I think that the hope that Melvin Gordon was just going to get all this volume and would become like a, a borderline top twelve option should be completely out the window. I honestly, after that game, I'm sort of fading the Broncos. The Jets have looked really good, um, you know, and I'm guessing Gardner is going to get put on Cortland Sutton because that's that J.C. Jackson was on him on Monday night. And so even the one part of the Broncos offense that had been reliable for fantasy kind of went out the window. I liked what Dulcich did at times. Russ now has like a tear in his shoulder, tear in his hamstring, you know, a hole in his heart probably because he seems to have lost a little confidence. I feel sort of bad for him. Um, Only sort of bad? Only a little bit? Well, I mean, at some point you got to pull it away. I – I understand we need to be patient and I hate when teams jump the gun, but honestly there has been nothing I've seen in six weeks that makes me think Nathaniel Hackett is a professional coach. The team looks incredibly unprepared. They're incredibly undisciplined. We lead the league in penalties and we're last in the league in offensive points. He, He was supposed to be this kind of offensive guy. Our team's actually worse than we were last year with Vic Fangio, which was a real kick in the pants. Um, you know, people were talking about if Denver can get to four and four at the bye, should they hold Pat at the trade blend line? I'm like, if they're two and six at the bye, people have been wondering whether he was going to get fired for a couple of weeks now. Like, it could be real ugly against the Jets, and then you're going to London against the Jaguars. We saw what the Jaguars did to the Chargers at one point in time this season. I know the Jaguars are on their own slide, but I'm was more than mildly surprised that Denver is favored against the Jets. Yeah, I I could be wrong on this, but I want to say that Nathaniel Hackett has moved up to like the third highest odds to be fired, uh, coach to be fired right now. At least he won't be first. That's that's been, that's happened quick though. I mean, this has been, I mean, wow. I think it's kind of more of a recognition that they made a mistake. No one, We'll come out and say it, but I still think they they said they never tried to get Aaron Rodgers. I call BS. And yeah. I partially think like it was Rodgers was going to make a decision the next Monday. And I noticed that's when they jumped on hiring Hackett. I this has happened a couple of times. You know, I really thought we were going to get Kyle Shanahan and they ended up going with Joseph and Shanahan then said, OK, well, I guess I'll go to San Francisco and. You know, we have our own mixed feelings on that, but that would have been better than what we've endured for the last the last couple. And here, you know, they looked at Dable. They looked at um, somebody else who's doing really well. I can't remember now. And that were kind of finalists, and I'm like, I like some of these options. I had hope for for Hackett. You know, he seemed like he seems like a good guy, but. He shouldn't be calling plays, but I also don't think he should be managing the game. I don't know what he what I would want him to do. Yeah, it's it's definitely not looking um, pretty. And I mean, even if they 
do you really think they'd fire him in season or you think they'd just wait till the end of the year? I don't know. I mean, it's new ownership, so they, they could be partially covered by just, you know, rolling that way. What an insane start to the season it has been for the Denver Broncos. Not um, not at all what we were expecting. I mean, on the Chargers side, they have not been much better either. I mean, are we worried at all about them being – I mean, I'm a, I had them picked to, I believe, go to the Super Bowl. Like, I really yeah. had belief in the Chargers. It's not looking like they may even make the playoffs right now. I, I think they'll end up – making the playoffs uh, and be okay. There's two huge games, uh, you know, not to jump ahead because we'll get to it on Friday, but there's two huge games in the Sunday lineup. The Chargers are hosting the Seahawks while the Chiefs travel to the 49ers, and that's huge for all four teams in that matchup who both uh, both of them are deadlocked at the top of their conference, and really, you know, the Chiefs and 49ers are coming off tough losses and really need to get a win. The Seahawks and the Chargers really need to establish themselves if they want to compete, so I think that's going to be fascinating. But I think there's a realistic shot. They're 5-2 and two at the end of Sunday. And still right there at the top of the West, there's been so much parity in the NFL. They haven't always looked good, but they should be getting Keenan Allen back. They've had a ton of injuries that they had to overcome. They're still figuring out how to play without a left tackle. Denver's defense, if nothing else, is really good. We've seen that time and again. So the struggles that they were having, you know, I think you can chalk some of that up. And they still managed to win the game. Yeah, I mean, Denver's defense, I believe, if you go look at it, is ranked in like the top three of almost every category. And yet the offense, unfortunately, just can't really seem to score uh, touchdowns to kind of help them win games. I mean, I think they would be exactly what we thought they were going to be coming into the season. Maybe maybe it's Hackett. Maybe it's a mixture of just Russ's injuries and the offense not clicking. Who knows? But it is definitely not been a pretty start for the Denver Broncos so far this season. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Daniel Snyder. So I know about the Jim Irsay comments about uh, yeah. him saying that I pretty much I guess the easiest way to sum it up is he believes Daniel Snyder should be removed from ownership of the Washington Commanders. Um, is there anything else in this situation or give us an update on that and we can discuss here? What's what exactly is going on in Washington? Yeah, I mean, salvos were fired over the the weekend when Daniel Snyder said that he was investigating and digging up dirt. And, you know, I, Mike Wilbon made a comment yesterday that it was very telling that you had Jim Irsay, who, if you were talking about digging up dirt on owners for blackmail, would probably be one of the guys you think would be afraid. That was the man that stepped out and said, we have the right to do this. We need to do this. It's time. And I, I think that's... I think that's a sign he's about to be to be done because it's been an ongoing embarrassment. It's been an ongoing embarrassment in the in the locker room and among the players. I think he's now at odds with all of the other owners. And I I'm, I don't know that it happens during the season, but I think there we're going to see a change there. Well, I mean, we got um, – was Jerry Richardson within the season? I mean, obviously a little bit of a different scenario, sort of. I mean, Daniel Snyder is being accused of some of the same things that Jerry Richardson was of the Panthers. I want to say he was pretty much let go within the season. Now, they didn't hire new ownership until after the season, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I mean, they, they pushed him into selling, and, you know, that ushered in the, the David Tepper era. 
But well, I, I think it's time for Washington. There's been cultural issues there uh, for a while. Um, you know, they probably the first move will be to suspend him from day-to-day operations. I mean, we're starting to see that more. There's kind of a zero tolerance. It just happened to the Phoenix Suns and the owner. And I know yep. that's a different sport, but it wasn't even just the league. It was the the sponsors and the players who basically said, yeah, we're not playing for you. And that the franchise imploded and he had to move on. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say the, the NBA has always been very, like, upfront about that and very quick to act. They don't take... I mean, this Daniel Snyder stuff, I want to say it's been going on for easily the past couple of years with some of the accusations getting thrown at him. Well, yeah, I mean, it goes back decades. But I mean, even like it's been more serious and like really talked about the past couple of years. It felt like nothing's going to happen. And now it really seems to be coming kind of like to a head. Well, and part of that's on the NFL because, I mean, even it's been one, at least one full calendar year since the leak about Gruden. That was part of this investigation, which had already been going on for a long time before that. And we still haven't gotten the full bag to come out. It's time. I don't think it will. I I, I imagine they're just going to end up letting him go. I feel like a lot of this stuff by the NFL gets. Goodell said Goodell did say that his one addition was that one that they will release the full findings of the investigation. So let's hope they're forthcoming about that. I'll believe it when I see it. That's why I said hope. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we are heading into, what is this week? Eight, right? Seven. It's just fancy football stressing me out this year. So I'm ready. I'm ready for it to be over with. But let me tell you, like the four teams on by this week are for the best teams, not only in the NFL, but for fantasy. Buffalo, Philadelphia, Minnesota Vikings, and Los Angeles Rams. The top three, in my opinion, receivers in fantasy. I mean, oh my God. But Jefferson, Cooper Rush, or Cooper Cup, and Stephon Diggs are all gone. Yeah. So I just went and looked. um, Like, I'm in a league right now that I I hate because, so like, it's a redraft league, right? I'm just going to read my, I'm going to tell you my record. No, no, I'm going to tell you how many points I've scored. 864. Third most in points scored, right? You want to take a guess at what my record is? One and five. Two and four. I lost by one point last week. You're the Broncos in reverse. The worst part about it is, so, like, clearly, I mean, at this point, you you practically have to win out, right? Like, you can't lose. Maybe you can lose one more game and make the playoffs. 12 teams. So you mentioned that's like a bad bye week because of the top players. I'm like, oh, let me go look at my team. Jalen Hurts, Cooper Cup, Gabriel Davis on bye. I'm like, I don't even have a backup quarterback because it's a redraft league, so I'm going to have to pick somebody up. Today's Wednesday. It didn't do waivers. I was just like, oh, God. The only, I mean, quarterback-wise, you're looking at, um, you know, Josh Allen's out now because of bye. Hertz is out. Kirk Cousins. Those are three guys that I would argue are top 12 options. Stafford's taken a little bit of a step back, but, you know, you might have been relying on him. But between that and Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. The revolving door of injuries uh, as we get to this top 12 here you're going to probably enjoy hearing some of the names i read off who are we picking up matt ryan or the indianapolis colts not the indianapolis colts matt ryan or ryan Tannehill. we're gonna go with matt ryan let's hope he has a great week all right so give us your top 12 quarterbacks and please tell me matt ryan's in the top 12 i did not put him in the top 12 um, disappointing he had one exceptional game but I have not yet forgotten the rest. I did move him significantly up. should tell you something about this week that I'm at QB 15. Uh, at 12, I have Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, his offense wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible last week in terms of fantasy numbers. Uh, number 11, I have Jared Goff. Uh, the Lions are back, and they are playing Dallas. I am a little scared about Dallas' defense, but they were the number one offense before they hit uh, Patriots' town um they should be healthier it looked like swift and amon raw have a good chance of being playing so i'm just going back up there number 10 uh to attack by Loa. i'm gonna be back in there miami's playing pittsburgh uh, on sunday night football they don't run they just throw the ball so i'm still hopeful <clears throat> number nine Derek carr they're playing the Texans. Could be a good game, actually, for the Raiders. Sad as that is for me. Number eight, Tom Brady. Um, they're playing the Panthers. I know you're thinking to yourself, Tampa Bay's offense has not been great this year. Pittsburgh's depleted defense wasn't the magic tonic. If the Panthers aren't the magic tonic, I might, you know, douse Tom Brady out of the top 20 going forward. Um, number seven, Geno Smith. Seattle's playing the Chargers. Geno's looked pretty good this year. Uh, number six, and I hate to do it because it's Thursday night, is Kyler Murray. But, I mean, that's it's just the position. And Kyler has been running a lot. Um, he's been carrying the running game. And with Connor, Gimpy, and Daryl Williams out, you know, he's probably going to be carrying it again. Um, number five for me is Dak Prescott. He's coming back. They're playing the Lions. The Lions don't have a defense as far as I I am aware unless they, you know, went – did the magic mile or the, you know, the longest yard team over the uh, bye week. Number four, Justin Herbert. Um, they're playing Seattle. I think it'll be probably a better game. Number three, Joe Burrow. Big game against Atlanta. Two, three, and three teams, which is shocking. Uh, number two for me, Patrick Mahomes. I know San Francisco has a good defense. Still Patrick Mahomes. And, and number one, I did Lamar Jackson. Um, they, you know, the, the Ravens, also, one of those three and three teams, they've got to find their mojo back, and um, they're going to need him to do it. They're playing Cleveland. I know that's going to bum you out, but Cleveland has not been good defending the run. Nope. And I'm also playing Lamar this week, so he is bound to go off. Great well, call. I feel bad about that, but great call. He should be. You know, he will definitely finish QB one. Who are your top twelve running backs? Running back, uh, also kind of a tough position. Number twelve, Aaron Jones. Packers have got to remember that that's that's where they're at their best. Number eleven, Brees Hall. You know, Denver. Denver's defense has been good, but they give up some yards. Austin Eckler did fine. Um, Josh Jacobs did fine the week before. They get 
they give up receptions and stuff. And we've seen Brees Hall can beat you in a lot of ways. Big part of that Jets offense is running. Uh, number 10, Joe Mixon. Number nine, Derrick Henry back. Big divisional matchup for him. Number eight, Leonard Fournette. They're not running the ball particularly well by average, but he's, again, guy, guy getting a lot of receptions. Uh, number seven, went with DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, excited to get him back. He was looking good before he went out with injury. Number six, Alvin Kamara. The guy has been steadily toting the rock well, catching the ball well, he, and they are still depleted at wide receiver and still have the red rifle at quarterback. Uh, number five, Christian McCaffrey. He's still, you know, Carolina's not good. He's been good. Number four, Austin Eckler. Uh, number two, uh, number three, sorry, Nick Chubb. Number two, Jonathan Taylor is supposed to be back this week, and I think they're going to need him. They really can't afford to lose both games to the Titans. And then number one, Saquon Barkley. He's He's been great. I agree. Uh, Barkley has been amazing. We'll be very interested to see what happens with him at the end of the season. Give us your top 12 wide receivers. Wide receiver, another position that kind of got wiped out by some of the top-end talent who were missing and also a lot of splits. But uh, number 12, he's supposed to be eligible to suit up Keenan Allen. They said he was this close to playing against Denver. I think they want to get him back in there. Oh, number- from your from your lips to God's ears, let's hope. I've been struggling no- without it. <laughs> number 11, Mike Williams. I think the Chargers – uh, you know, 57 pass attempts and didn't get a passing touchdown. I think they're going to want to be coming out hardcore and up tempo. And Seattle's defense has not been incredible. Um, they have allowed a lot of big performances. Number 10, uh, Chris Godwin. Um, Godwin's got something going on. Again, they're playing the Panthers. I think they've got to get right. Um, number nine, Amon Ross St. Brown. Excited to see him back. Um, you know, Trayvon Diggs makes some big interceptions, but you know what else he does? He gives up some gigantic plays. Um, so he doesn't scare you the way other shutdown corners do. Number eight, Jalen Waddell. Um, you know, Tua coming back will, will help him, but he was pretty great last week. Aside from that unfortunate fumble, he got a lot of yards on receptions. Number seven, Michael Pittman Jr. cruising along. And number six, Mike Evans. I think they're going to make an effort to get him the ball in the end zone. Number five, Debo Samuel. You know, I think that you're, they're going to need to score to keep up with the Chiefs, and I still like Debo and what he does in both phases. Number four, C.D. Lamb. Did I mention they're playing the Detroit Lions this week, and Dak is supposed to come back? Fired up. Number three, Devontae Adams. We still haven't gotten any word about whether he's going to get suspended. I would think if they were going to do it, they would have already announced it by now, so I guess that means they're maybe going to deal with it at the end of the season. Uh, number two, Tyree Kill. Um, he has been a beast. He's also been a PPR beast. And number one, Chamar Chase. No one on the Falcons scares me. Yeah. It's been good to have him back, too. He's had two yeah. good games. He's had a, had a couple down weeks, but it looks like Burrow and Chase and the whole Bengals offense has kind of finally put it together. All right, so last but not least, let's get your top 12 tight ends for week seven. I'm going number 12, Dalton Schultz. Um, still hoping for a good game there against the Lions. Number 11, Robert Tunyon. You know, he's really come along. 10, 10 receptions, 90 yards, got targeted 13 times last week. He's one guy that Aaron Rodgers seems to be developing a great rapport with. Number 10, Pat Fryermuth. Still like the talent. Number 9, David Njoku. He's still getting the opportunities. Number 8, TJ Hawkinson. Um, you know, I think that's going to be an up-tempo game. Going to have to score. Number 7, uh, Darren Waller. 
number six, Kyle Pitts. I'm maybe curious to see, you know, Cincinnati's defense has not been incredible. Uh, number five, Gerald Everett. Dude's a big piece. I know it seems like I have a lot of chargers up there. I, I like the chargers offense. Now you're making it difficult for me now. Number four, Zach Ertz. Um, I think he might actually be the safest bet in the Cardinals passing game right now. Uh, number three, George Kittle. Last week, he had eight catches for 83 yards. It was great. The difference between him and Ayuk is that Ayuk got the two touchdowns. He's coming along. Number two, though, Mark Andrews. Number one, Travis Kelsey. Those guys yeah. separate themselves from the world. You put Gerald Everett up there at five and Njoku at nine. I have Njoku in my starting lineup right now. Now I feel like I should put Everett in there. I don't know what to do. The Ravens don't have a good passing defense either. It just, I feel like uh, Cleveland wants to run. And I also no, just they, feel like their passing volume is not high enough for you to feel good about two or three guys getting just enough so, volume. Njoku's been so consistent, though. He's been getting like seven points a week outside of yeah. his like. Well, and I feel great about him being game, a top 10 option given the way yeah. tight end is going. I don't know that I feel like he has the upside of a Gerald Everett. I'm just like. Like, I just want you to listen to this lineup and how just shitty it is not having Gabriel Davis and Cooper Cup. I'm starting – obviously, I just pick, literally just picked up Matt Ryan. I'm starting him at quarterback. My wide receivers are Chris Godwin and Darnell freaking Mooney. My running backs this – is, this is the only – this is literally what's carrying my team. I'm starting Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and then in my two flex box, Jonathan Taylor, and now Damian Pierce. Like, I'm going straight – Four running backs. I had Pierce just on the cusp of RB1 territory. I think, you know, they're playing the Raiders. The Raiders' defense hasn't been terrible, but they haven't been exceptional. And he's – He's probably the most bankable part of that Texans offense. Yeah, he's he's been he's been really good. All right, let's talk a little bit about this Thursday night football game. We are getting the New Orleans Saints. So you were excited that it was going to be a better game, and neither of these teams is great, and both of them are beat to, you know what? Like yeah, it could be I'm, the third straight twelve point game. Look, I will tell you this right now. Hang on, let me double check what it is because I can't remember the exact teams now. I was just looking at it. I'm okay because no, I'm not. There's shitty college games on Thursday night too. Oh no, I'll find something to watch. I'll probably put on like a high school game or something. Uh, you know, now's the time to complete She-Hulk Attorney at Law. It's a good point. I think I only have one episode left. I saw um, what's the last episode? There've been nine, watched. so. It's over now. The finale is wrapped up. So Yeah. What was the last episode I watched? I'm trying to think. Um, she got that award, and then she Oh, yep, that's out. the penultimate. penultimate okay, episode. so I've got one episode left. Yeah. Oh, I just been so well, busy. I finally got to, like, th- the first two episodes of Andor. Uh, I still haven't caught up on that. It's just I have no time. I'd no say time. you could watch uh, House of the Dragon, but unless you're uh, I have not watched a single episode. Unless you got the same proclivities as Rex Ryan, I would say you probably let that one go. But things foot fetish? I do not. But my wife will want to watch it because it's Game of Thrones. We just haven't had time. Like I I love and hate football season at the same time because it's it just it drains me. I have no time for anything. I don't know if you saw that post someone put po- or Mike posted on Twitter. Mm-hmm. About about me, like he he took a, a video of me, and I just look completely dead. <laughs> and it's just like that's just how I feel most of the time during football season. It's bad. Anyways, um, the New Orleans Saints are playing the the Arizona Cardinals. So right now, the Saints' injuries is a laundry list. Uh, we're going to be here for the next thirty minutes on this alone. Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton are both questionable. Michael Thomas out. Jarvis Landry out. Adam Troutman out. 
Marshawn Lattimore, out. Andrews Pete, out. Chris Olave is supposed to be in, but what are we doing with the rest of the Saints well, offense? Are we trusting I, now? Him? Now I need to now? look. I need to look it up because they changed the injury report and it shows him now listed as out, but they said he cleared concussion protocol. So now it says, yeah, it still lists him as out. I just think they haven't updated it because I thought he said he was going to play. Yeah, what what I'm finding on here right now is saying that um yeah wasn't he's, listed he's, on Mondays yeah he's estimated. cleared he's cleared concussion protocol he does not he's not carrying uh, injury designation I think yeah yeah I think ESPN just made an error so he's the only one you're trusting I mean what about Taysom yeah Hill? I mean uh, no so Alvin Kamara I mentioned has oh, been yeah, incredible so I think Kamara's been great and actually having Andy Dalton might be better for him but Olave yeah I, I'm into Olave. Taysom Hill is so you know some of the lineups you talked about where it's I don't think I have a great chance. That's the place where I'm playing at Taysom Hill because if he hits, you get like four touchdowns, and if he misses, you get like five points. Since it was a YOLO, Taysom Hill is a YOLO. I YOLO'd a couple of times at tight end last week. It didn't work out for me. I YOLO'd the week before, worked out great. But that's the situation I'm rolling him. The only two guys I want is Kamara and Alon. Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm playing him, because like you just said, I mean, with with all those injuries, this could be one of those Taysom Hill blow-up games where all of a sudden you're sitting there and yeah. you, you wake up Friday morning if you don't stay up for the whole game. Like, he's got, like, five carries for, like, 20 yards and one pass, and you're just like, why did I start Taysom Hill? And you go to bed, and then you wake up Friday morning, and he's got 45 points, and you're like, God bless you, Taysom Hill. Thank you yeah. for bringing me a victory in Week 7. Yeah, I think you about, you know, like – I don't live or die by projections, but if you look at the projection yeah. and you're projected to be down by, uh, you know, by 20 or 30 points and you realistically grade your lineup and you think that might not be that far off, you YOLO it with Taysom Hill because maybe 100%. you bridge that gap. Yeah, 100%. On the Cardinals side, James Conner, Matt Prater are both listed as questionable. Dar- Darrell Williams and Marquise Hollywood Brown are both out. Uh Brown, too, that came out yesterday, so we probably haven't talked about that. He's having season en- – well, it's not season no, ending. they is said he's out at least a month. Surgery, but it's surgery on his foot. The bad news is the same foot that he injured coming out of college. So we won't. We don't know exactly what that's going to mean for him. Only a month might be good. I hope that he's able to come back because this is a contract year for him. I'd like to see him come out there, and he was playing good to start the no, season. No, I thought he got an uh, extension when he went to uh... – Did he? I didn't think he did. I'll look it up, but I thought they gave him an extension as part of that draft day trade. But we do get this is uh, DeAndre Hopkins is back, and I believe will be activated for the game. Correct? Yep. And Robbie Anderson, the goat, I guess. However, <laughs> look at him. I think it's more questionable whether or not he's active because that trade went down Monday afternoon, yeah. being a Thursday night game. Like we saw with Denver, they signed Latavius Murray right away, but they had that Thursday night game, and he just he wasn't active because two days wasn't enough time to learn the offense. I mean, is there really much of an offense with 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 us? I was going to say Cincinnati, Arizona. Let's kind of just go. No, he's a. Uh... Oh, he's a free agent after next year. Marquise? Yeah. yeah. In 2023 is his last season. So Okay. Maybe they picked up his fifth-year option. That's, That's what probably they, what they did. 
Yeah, they picked yeah. up his fifth-year option is what it looks like. Um, So if Robbie Anderson is available, is there really anybody outside of Zach Ertz? And, I mean, you're starting Kyler Murray. Anyone outside of Zach Ertz? And are you putting Hopkins in your lineup? Do you trust I, him? I would put Hopkins back there. Um, the real question is Rondale Moore because as much as we don't love Rondale Moore, he's been getting steady targets. Was he getting – so this is the, you know, you missed this real fun discussion Dennis and I have had two times in a row. Like, Greg Dortch was getting all kinds of targets, looked great until Rondale Moore became healthy, and then Rondale Moore's getting all kinds of targets, and you're starting to feel good about him being a flex-worthy option, and now DeAndre comes back. The fact that Brown went out, I still think it might be DeAndre, Rondale, and Zach Ertz. I, I'm not – you couldn't pay me to start Robbie Anderson. I need to actually see Robbie Anderson play – more than one game with them with a meaningful role because he's been – to me, that would be the ultimate YOLO if he's even active. You're just praying that he gets a 75-yard bomb into the end zone. Robbie, I've got you in a couple best balls, and I'd really appreciate it if you came through. Best ball is the exact right format yeah. for yeah. Pay $2 for him. So um, here's the hope. My so here's – Here's what Dennis said. He said the Saints give up the third most yards and the sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers with a healthy Marshawn Lattimore. He ain't healthy. He's out. With Lattimore out, look for the Cardinals to get a little D-hop pop. I'm taking the Cardinals is what Dennis says. Yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to win it too. As weird as this is to say, because I don't think either one of these teams is good, I do think the Cardinals are the better team of the two. Um, I I actually do think you can start all three. I know. It's sad to say, but – yeah, I'm starting all three receivers. I'm also taking the Cardinals. I I don't know what the Saints are doing, man. They need a full rebuild, but it doesn't seem like they think that, which is what we kind of said in the offseason, right? Like, we talked about, like, they they, are, they felt like they were a competing team. I hate to say this. That offense looks better with Andy Dalton than it did with Jameis Winston. That's the thing. They don't have a quarterback. Yeah. So, I, I think – I actually think – and – once again, Michael Thomas can't stay on the field. Jarvis yeah. Landry hasn't been able to stay on the field. They don't have a tight end, really. So Kamara's been great when he's been out there, and Alave has developed into what they want. If you could see all the pieces come back together, I know they lost some offensive linemen. Yeah. To me, what what's more troubling, I know they've had injuries on the defensive side as well, but that defense hasn't looked like what it no. looked like at the beginning of the well, season or last year. They're all aging too. Like I think that's the issue is a lot of the Saints players and top players are all aging players. Which is why I think like maybe you don't go full rebuild where you just like tank it and tear it down for like three years and try and build back up. But they're not the contenders they thought they were at least coming into the season, in my opinion. That what the weird thing is too is they could probably still end up winning this division because nobody in the NFC South is good. I mean, the only team I could not see winning this division is the Panthers. Atlanta could win it. The Saints could win it. The Bucks could win it. Like all three of them. Atlanta's actually the best one t- right now. tied for first place. I know. Isn't that sad? I, yeah, it's not. Ugh. I still think the Bucks will eventually get it together, but Atlanta's been a lot better than I thought. And I know the conventional wisdom going into the season was they should be tanking out and trying to go for a franchise quarterback. But of all the guys getting second chances, Mariota has looked like he both deserves it and could live into it. They already have their franchise quarterback in Desmond Ritter. He just hasn't seen the field yet. so And he's not going to the way. I know. Playing. I know. I'm telling you, it's it, look, 
you just talked about how good Mariota's been. It's exactly my case on why I thought Desmond Ritter landing in Atlanta was the best spot for him. We saw it with Ryan Tannehill. Arthur Smith just knows how to make these running quarterbacks who are not great passers work. It's just his system works well for those guys. That's why, like, Marcus Mariota's throwing, what, 15 passes a game, and they've been a successful offense. Like, he just knows how to make that work. I don't know what it is, but I think he's he's a very good coach. That's why I loved Ritter landing there. I thought he was going to be good. Uh, But that will do it for us today. Um, I I would say enjoy the game. Let's hope it's a good game. Indoors, probably the better word. Uh, we will be back on Friday to recap the Thursday night football game and preview the rest of the week seven NFL slate, which sounds like it's going to be a little bit poopy with all these great players being out, but that is what it is. Still got to talk about it. Outside of that, we will be back again on Friday. Everybody have a great day. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Go out and rate and review. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on there.